European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 44, Issue 18. Focus Issue, Epidemiology, Prevention and Healthcare Policies. By Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. The saga of non-traditional risk factors continues with proteomics, microbiome, ozone, ketone bodies and depression. Let us rethink prevention. This focus issue on epidemiology, prevention and healthcare policies contains a state-of-the-art review article entitled Proteomics and Lipidomics in Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease Risk Prediction by Nick Nurmahamed and colleagues from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Risk scores are frequently used in risk stratification of cardiovascular diseases. The authors note, however, that given the limited accuracy of clinically used risk scores, such as the Systematic Coronary Risk Evaluation 2 system and the Second Manifestations of Arterial Disease 2 risk scores, novel risk algorithms determining an individual's susceptibility to future incident or recurrent atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ASCVD, risk, are urgently needed. Due to major improvements in assay techniques, multi-marker, proteomic and lipidomic panels hold the promise to be reliably assessed in a high-throughput routine. Novel machine learning-based approaches have facilitated the use of this high-dimensional data resulting from these analyses for ASCVD risk prediction. More than a dozen large-scale retrospective studies using different sets of biomarkers and different statistical methods have consistently demonstrated the additive prognostic value of these panels over traditionally used clinical risk scores. Prospective studies are needed to determine the clinical utility of a biomarker panel in clinical ASCVD risk stratification. When combined with the genetic predisposition captured with polygenic risk scores and the actual ASCVD phenotype observed with coronary artery imaging, proteomics and lipidomics can advance understanding of the complex multifactorial causes underlying an individual's ASCVD risk. Little is known about associations of trimethylamine N-oxide, or TMAO, novel gut microbiota-generated metabolite of dietary phosphatidylcholine and carnitine, and its changes over time with all-cause and cause-specific mortality in the general population or in different race-stroke-ethnic groups. In a clinical research article entitled Trimethylamine N-oxide is associated with long-term mortality risk, the multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis. Ben Wang and colleagues from Tufts University in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, investigate associations of serially measured plasma TMAO levels and changes in TMAO over time with all-cause and cause-specific mortality in a multi-ethnic, community-based cohort. The study included 6,785 adults from the multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis. TMAO was measured at baseline and year 5 using mass spectrometry. Primary outcomes were adjudicated all-cause mortality and cardiovascular disease, or CVD, mortality. 
secondary outcomes were deaths due to kidney failure, cancer or dementia obtained from death certificates. Cox proportional hazards models with time-varying TMAO and covariates assess the associations with adjustment for sociodemographics, lifestyles, diet, metabolic factors and comorbidities. During a median follow-up of 16.9 years, 1,704 participants died, of which 411 died from CVD. Higher TMAO levels were associated with significantly higher risk of all-cause mortality, hazard ratio or HR 1.12, CVD mortality HR 1.09, and death due to kidney failure HR 1.44 per interquintile range, but not deaths due to cancer or dementia. Annualized changes in TMAO levels were associated with higher risk of all-cause mortality HR 1.10 and death due to kidney failure HR 1.54 but not with that of other deaths. Wang et al. conclude that plasma TMAO levels are positively associated with mortality, especially deaths due to cardiovascular and renal disease, in a multi-ethnic US cohort. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Thomas Lucia from the Imperial College in London, United Kingdom. Lucia concludes that the microbiome represents a novel and complex endocrine organ markedly influenced by our diet that lends itself for preventative measures in healthy individuals as well as those with established CVD. Future interventional studies are required to establish this novel concept at the clinical level. The available literature on morbidity risk of CVDs associated with ambient pollutants is rich, while information related to ozone pollution is still limited. In a clinical research article entitled Ozone Pollution and Hospital Admissions for Cardiovascular Events, Yunjing Zhang and colleagues from the School of Public Health Xi'an Zhao Tong University Health Science Center in Xi'an, China, examined the potential acute effects of exposure to ambient ozone pollution on hospital admissions for cardiovascular events in China. A two-stage multi-city time-series study approach was used to explore the associations of exposure to ambient ozone with daily hospital admissions for cardiovascular events in 70 Chinese cities of prefecture level or above during 2015 to 2017. A 10 microgram per cubic meter increment in two-day average daily eight-hour maximum ozone concentrations was associated with admission risk increases of 0.46 in coronary heart disease, 0.45 in angina pectoris, 0.75 in acute myocardial infarction or AMI, 0.70 in acute coronary syndrome, 0.50 in heart failure, 0.40 in stroke, and 0.41 in ischemic stroke. The excess admission risks for these cardiovascular events associated with high ozone pollution days, with two-day average eight-hour maximum concentrations greater than or equal to 100 micrograms per cubic meter versus less than 70 micrograms per cubic meter, ranged from 3.38 for stroke and 6.52 for AMI. 
The authors conclude that ambient ozone is associated with increased hospital admission risk for cardiovascular events. Greater admission risks for cardiovascular events are observed under high ozone pollution days. These results provide evidence for the harmful cardiovascular effects of ambient ozone and call for special attention to the control of high ozone pollution. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Thomas Munzel, Andreas Deiber and Omar Hahad from the University Medical Center of the Johannes Gutenberg University Mainz in Germany. The authors conclude that Europe's weather services and air quality experts were on high alert in 2022, not just because of a predicted sequence of record-breaking heat waves, but also because of potential heat-induced air pollution episodes, including ozone, in accordance with projections for the European region. The strong link between climate change and air quality means that reducing emissions in the long term to tackle global warming will play a key role in alleviating ozone pollution and improving the air that we breathe. Otherwise, it will be difficult to stop the emergence of the air pollutant ozone as a significant cardiovascular killer in the very near future. An appropriate diet plays a key role in cardiovascular prevention. Ketone bodies, or KBs, are an important alternative metabolic fuel source for the myocardium. Experimental and human investigations suggest that KBs may have protective effects in patients with heart failure. In a clinical research article entitled Circulating Ketone Bodies and Cardiovascular Outcomes, the MISAS study, Elad Shemesh and colleagues from the Tel Aviv Suraski Medical Center in Israel aim to examine the association between KBs and cardiovascular outcomes and mortality in an ethnically diverse population free from CVD. This analysis included approximately 6,800 participants, mean age 62 plus or minus 10 years, 53% women, from the multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis. Total KBs were measured by nuclear magnetic resonance spectroscopy. Multivariable adjusted Cox proportional hazard models were used to examine the association of total KBs with cardiovascular outcomes. At a mean follow-up of 13.6 years, after adjusting for traditional CVD risk factors, increasing total KBs was associated with a higher rate of hard CVD, defined as a composite of MI, resuscitated cardiac arrest, stroke, and cardiovascular death, and all CVD, additionally including adjudicated angina, HR 1.54 and 1.37 for tenfold increase in total KBs, respectively. Participants also experienced an 87% increased rate of CVD mortality and an 81% increased rate of all-cause mortality per tenfold increase in total KBs. Moreover, a higher rate of incident heart failure was observed with increasing total KBs. 1.68 per tenfold increase in total KBs. Shemesh and colleagues conclude that elevated endogenous KBs in a healthy community-based population are associated with a higher rate of CVD and mortality. KBs could serve as a potential biomarker for cardiovascular risk assessment. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial 
by Suzanne Forips and Bidan Westerbrink from the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. The authors note that one of the main strengths of the current analysis is the fact that this is the first study to show a clear association between circulating KBs and the incidence of cardiovascular events in healthy individuals. Furthermore, these conclusions are drawn from a diverse, multi-ethnic cohort with a predictive value of circulating KBs in both sexes. Mechanistic underpinnings of ketogenesis in CVD and whether this is protective or pernicious in this setting remain to be established. People with depression are up to 72% more at risk of developing CVD in their lifetime. Evidence-based psychotherapies are first-line interventions for the treatment of depression. It's currently unknown whether effective psychological therapies may modify CVD risk. In a clinical research article entitled Psychological Therapies for Depression and Cardiovascular Risk Evidence from National Healthcare Records in England Joshua Stott and colleagues from the University College London Faculty of Brain Sciences in the United Kingdom examine the association between psychotherapy outcomes for depression and incident CVD. A cohort of approximately 637,000 individuals who had completed a course of psychotherapy was built from an electronic healthcare record database linking databases of national coverage in England, the National IAPT database, the Hospital Episode Statistics, or HES, database, and the HES-ONS, or Office of National Statistics, mortality database. Multivariable Cox proportional hazards models, adjusting for clinical and demographic covariates, were run to estimate the association between reliable improvement from depression and the risk of subsequent incidents of cardiovascular events. After an average of 3.1 years follow-up, reliable improvement from depression symptoms was associated with a significantly lower risk of new onset of any CVD, HR 0.88, coronary heart disease, HR 0.89, stroke, HR 0.88, and all-cause mortality, HR 0.81. This association was stronger in those aged under 60 compared with the over 60s for all outcomes. Results were confirmed in sensitivity analyses. The authors conclude that management of depression through psychological interventions could be instrumental in the prevention of CVD. Early intervention before the age of 60 is paramount. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by David Lindley Hare from the University of Melbourne in Australia. Hare concludes that the two concepts underpinning the management of all our patients are wanting patients to live longer and or also to feel better, the latter often being summarised by the term quality of life, and often subtended by intermediaries such as CVD events and hospital admissions. One can argue that depression is the principal determinant of quality of life. Factor analyses of quality of life questionnaires generally result in a heavy contribution from items related to depression. This current study provides new, unique data suggesting that successful treatment of depression might also reduce subsequent CVD events and therefore as such 
make a substantial contribution to the current literature. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.